And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast. How's everyone doing? Are you ready for the weekend? I'm ready for the weekend. I'm happy that the weather's finally turning around. We shouldn't be seeing any more snow until maybe late October, November now. So we can just enjoy what's to come. And that is awesome weather and fun times had outside. Speaking of fun times, Jeremy and I got to go and... uh rake up some leaves that have been on the side of the house for the last few years. We had to cut down um, some little tree things and an old rose bush that were growing along the side of the house, and we just weren't able to get those leaves. So, got those all cut down, all those thorny branches and stuff, and it's like, it looks so much better now. There's actually, like, a vine growing up alongside of the garage that we cut. It's like, yeah, that's just, it looks cleaner, it doesn't look, we were able to get all those leaves out, now we gotta work on the front side of the house to get some of those leaves and twigs and stuff like that. That's the thing about owning a house, you gotta maintain the outside so it doesn't look like garbage. But before I uh, get into the episode, I would like to talk about some stuff I posted on the Instagram Wonder Years podcast page about what's going to be coming out this summer, aside from more Wonder Years episodes. As I told you last time, we have the Summer of Savage coming up in June, where I'll be covering four Fred Savage movies of right around the time that he was in the Wonder Years, so the 88, 89 time period. We have Little Monsters that also stars... For, um, Howie Mandel along Fred Savage. I've never seen the movie before. It is currently on Netflix, so I'll be working on that one shortly. We have Vice Versa, which stars Judge Reinhold alongside Fred Savage, which is a body, um, it's a body switch, mind switch movie. They had a lot of those in the 80s, like with, like, Father Like Son, with Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. They had the Freaky Friday movies. They've done that one at least a few times. I honestly gotta say, my favorite of the Freaky Friday versions has gotta be the TV one from 1995 with Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman and Andrew Keegan. That was such a cute... It's a Disney Channel one, but I mean, I can't really remember the original Freaky Friday too much, and the Lindsay Lohan, um, Jamie Lee Curtis one from 03, is, it was alright. So we got that. We got The Wizard with um, Jenny Lewis and this young, uh, alongside Fred Savage and uh, this boy, what is his name? And this boy who looks like Lucas Haas but is not. And also the movie When You Rem- Remember Me, which is actually inspired by a true story. So I've only seen like. The Wizard. I have not seen the other three, so I'm really excited. Actually, Little Monsters, if you don't know, actually co-stars Little Benny Savage from Boy Meets World. Fred's little brother. 
So we got that. I'm also doing Camp Cucamonga, which has a slew of uh, ABC television stars. But most importantly, Josh Saviano, who plays Paul Pfeiffer, and Danica McKellar, who plays Winnie Cooper from The Wonder Years, are in this movie. We also have Candace Cameron from Full House, Jaleel White from Family Matters, and Chad Allen, a young Chad Allen from who would go on later to star in Dr. Quinn. And there's some other people, like Cliff Clavin from Cheers. Um, what's that one? The Jeffersons? That's got, uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but his wife played Wheezy. And the theme song, Moving On Up. So I'm looking forward to that. That's a you know, fun camp camp movie. And I believe there were two other films that had a lot of, like, ABC show stars, like, um, Crash Course had Rob Stone from Mr. Belvedere, Tina Yothers from, uh, Family Ties, uh, Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss, um, Dance Till Dawn had Alan Thicke, Tracy Goldbuff from Growing Pains, and, um, Tempest Bledsoe from Cosby Show, just a lot of these fun TV movies that just collect all these stars from these shows. Really, really cool. So, moving on to the Wonder Years-themed episodes that are coming this summer is going to be the one featuring Jobs, Kevin's Jobs, on the show. And the one to kick that one off is going to be The Cost of Living from Season 4, where Kevin gets his first job as a caddy. Then we have The Hardware Store from Season 5. We have from season six, Kevin Delivers, where he is working for a Chinese takeout business and he's having issues trying to make his date with Winnie. And then we're going to close that out with the summer episode, season six, episode 21, entitled Summer. That's going to be on the first day of summer because June 21st, excuse me, is the first day of summer. So we're going to be closing out the jobs with that one. And then, of course, July 4th is going to be the series finale. If you guys want to hold off on listening to it, you can. Or you can just, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have seen the show in its entirety. So you know how it ends. So it's totally up to you how you want to do it. But then it will be going back into season 5. And then also sprinkling throughout, we still have some episodes from season three to touch on. We have Math Class Squared. We have The Pimple. You can see why I avoided that one to begin with. Uh, Don't You Know Anything About Women? Um, I think that's it from season three. We have a few. We have The Journey from season four. We have The Candidate. We have Who's Aunt Rose and Courage. I think that's pretty much it as far as the episodes that have kind of skipped over. But that being said, you know, a lot of things to look forward to this summer. Also, you know that this um, <clears throat> podcast also shares space now with the Tea Time with Mr. Belvedere podcast, which I'm doing two characters I'm doing one character a month right now for the month of June. We'll have Kevin. And then I think for July, we're going to do Heather and Wesley combined. So we'll get season two out of the way. So come August, we can start season three. And I'll probably most likely be doing two characters a a month. So we'll have an episode every week. 
Alright guys, enough of that. How about we jump right into this episode? We get to see the return of Karen and Michael. We have not seen them since the episode from season 4, The House That Jack Built. So, season 5, episode 8, is the episode I'm talking about today. Dinner Out, which aired on December 4th, 1991. For Jack's 43rd birthday, Norma decides to try and repair his relationship with Karen by having them meet at a restaurant. So basically she wants to ambush him. That's great. Her plan begins to backfire when Jack continues to begrudge Karen's live-in boyfriend, Michael. Yeah, I, I mean, Norma, you had a great idea, unfortunately. I mean, ambushing on his birthday, of all things, was probably not the best way to go about it. But, you know. Her heart was in the right place. I'll give Norma that. You know, she just, she wants her family to come together, especially on Jack's birthday, so. I want to open this episode with the quote from adult Kevin that we get at the beginning of the episode. My dad was always a sucker for birthdays. Every year he loved the ritual, the attention, the cake. Heck, we all loved cake. But most of all, Dad loved our gifts. No matter what we gave him, it was his moment of glory, his time in the sun, his chance to be king for a day. Unfortunately, by birthday time, 1971, the king wasn't looking so kingly. Maybe it was because he was about to turn 43 in a week. Well, you know what, Jeremy's turning 43 in, like, a couple weeks, so... Maybe it was the day-to-day -day irritations. Maybe it was something else. Face it, for the past six months, ever since he'd found out my sister was cohabitating without benefit of clergy, Dad had become kind of monosyllabic. Okay, so it's been six months now since that episode from season four. All right, gotcha. See, now we're getting a little bit of stretch of time. That's why I like that. Kevin, adult Kevin kind of fills the gaps in a little bit. Like, hey, it's been a month, it's been six weeks, something like that to give us a period of time here. Oh, looking at IMDb, we got a little trivia. Okay. Jack's birth certificate says he was born in 1927, but the episode is set in 1971. Jack is supposed to be 43 this day. The math doesn't add up. Well... Maybe not. So, if he was born in 27, it was 71. Let's find out here. 1971 minus 1927. He would have been 40. Big day. It's a year off. Why is that a big deal? Who cares? You know, they all, the creators said, you know, Kevin's mind is probably muddled. I mean, he grew up in the 70s. And if you think about it, so, he's, Kevin's supposed to be 32, looking back 20 years prior. You might forget stuff or get things wrong. It's common. So, we find out Jack's birthday is November 6th, 1927. Oh, so that would mean another Thanksgiving is coming around. Granted, we'll never see it because we already saw a Thanksgiving episode in Season 4. So. so, the episode opens. We get a home movie of birthday... Cakes, birthday parties for Jack, past birthdays. Well, it looks like Kevin's probably got to be about maybe two or three here. 
As adult Kevin kind of narrates the quote that I just said about how Jack loved birthdays. You know, it was his day. He felt like a king. So we get a shot also of Karen, who probably looks to be between the ages of six and eight. And then Wayne looks to be probably about five. So that's really cute. Of course, Wayne being Wayne is going to take a little piece of cake and, like, try to shove it in little three-year-old Kevin's mouth. Like, oh, my goodness, Wayne. You were always a goof even then. Um, and then Wayne's kind of, or, uh, Jack's laying on the ground with a teddy bear <laughs> under his head like he's pretending to be asleep. And Karen, Wayne, and little Kevin all come out and their arms are loaded down with gifts. There are a lot of gifts there for Jack to open. A lot of them probably are, you know, handmade or something. Or maybe Norma take the, took the kids to the store and said, hey, let's get your dad some, some gifts. Speaking of, you know, uh, my dad's birthday is coming up June 1st, and um, that's actually the same day that my oldest niece graduates high school. Anyway, um, he usually, my dad doesn't ask for a whole lot. I usually will get him, like, a Meyer gift card, or if he needs something like um, white t-shirts when he's working out in the field, or socks. Usually I'll get him socks in the wintertime and just whatever he needs, basically. But, yeah, my dad's going to be 65 this year. Oh, my goodness. So he is going to be close to, uh, he's going to be finally retiring in January, which is awesome for him. So he can just do what he loves, which is farming. He loves farming. And, um... I just remember some of the stuff that I've gotten him over the years. It's just, as I got older, I just got, like, clothes items and stuff like that. But then, um, I'm sure I've gotten him, like, a movie here or there, which he doesn't really watch. He'll just watch whatever's on TV, but. So we see him, hold Jack, holding up a really cute picture of the kid's colorful handprints. Really adorable. And... Karen comes over, and she's made Jack a little crown, and she puts it on his head. Aww. So, it's kind of funny watching this. As Karen puts that hat on his head, Jack's kind of, like, confused. Like, what did you just put on my head? And he takes it, looks at it, oh, okay, it's a crown. Okay, thank you, thank you. So, now we go from the home movie to present day, and... Uh... Jack's not as excited about his birthday. I swear, when I get to be 43, I'm still going to be excited about my birthday. I'm going to be 36 this year. I embrace all of my birthdays. I bet anything. When I'm 80 years old, I'm still going to be embracing my birthday. At least I hope so by that point. So they're all sitting at the dinner table. Norma, Jack, Kevin, and Wayne. And, of course, Wayne's got to let off some disgusting belch and... Jack just looks at him like, really, do you mind? I'm trying to cut my steak here. So Jack's trying to cut this, I don't know whether it's steak or whether it's meatloaf, it's something, but he's cutting it with a butter knife. They don't have steak knives there, they have to have steak knives. You need, you cannot, That he's just having such difficulty, I feel so bad for him. So, of course, while he's busy trying to cut this with a butter knife, uh, Norma brings up Karen. Like, hey, I talked to Karen today. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, I would have, like, given up at that point and just either gotten a steak knife or I would have just, like, <laughs> picked it up with a fork and just started gnawing on it from the ends. 
Granted, I would have looked like a crazy person, but you get you do what you gotta do. All right, the food's just gonna get cold. So Norma just kind of keeps going on saying, "Hey, Karen, just wanted to know how things were going with us." He's like, "Things are fine. We're fine. It's all fine." And then, of course, she brings up the whole thing about, you know, Michael. And he's like, he looks at Norma dead on. It's like, I just said, I don't want to talk about this. Can we please change the subject? Basically, subject is closed. I know, Norma, you have a sweet, good heart. But you might want to close the subject right now, especially it's during dinner time. You, he's Probably had a shit day at his job. He doesn't want to talk about it. And this is a very, very sore, sore subject. Oh, it's monosyllabic, not monosyllabic. Well, hey, Jack managed to get a bite off of that whatever steak or something, meatloaf, uh, chicken fried steak. I'm not sure what that was. So he lets out a satisfied groan, like, oh, finally. So Kevin, of course, tries to change the subject. Like, hey, Dad, who do you think's going to be in the Super Bowl this year? And Norma kind of looks at Kevin like, good job, honey. Thank you for changing the subject. And Jack just looks at Kevin like, I don't give a flying fart who's in the Super Bowl. I don't care. This is your lousy attempt at changing the subject. You failed. Wayne, no one wanted your fucking opinion as he's plopping down. You hear the plop of the potatoes. Of course, he's like, just because Karen's shacking up with... Wayne! Are you looking for an ass whooping? So I kind of want to play this clip of the family dinner, and Norma's just trying to really mend fences here, the relationship between Jack and Karen. And she's really... It's not going well. You know, Wayne, of course, like, just because she's shaking up with some guy. And the look Jack gives Wayne. He's like, you say another word, I will strangle you from my seat. And, of course, Wayne knows then to shut the hell up. Sorry. Maybe it was because he was about to turn 43 in a week. Maybe it was the day-to-day -day irritations. Maybe it was something else. Jack, I spoke to Karen today. I don't want to talk about it. Well, she just wanted to know how we're all doing. We're doing fine. And she mentioned that she and... I don't want to talk about it. Face it, for the past six months, ever since he'd found out my sister was cohabitating without benefit of clergy, Dad had become kind of monosyllabic. We, of course, did our best to humor the big guy. So, Dad, who do you think's going to be in the Super Bowl this year? I don't get it. I mean, what's the big deal? Just because she's shacking up with some guy. Well, Jack, maybe if you just talk to her. But no matter how hard we tried, there was just no mending the hole in our family. So, in the next scene, Norma really, really wants to get these fences mended between Jack and Karen. So she's trying to come at this from Karen's point of view. Like, hey, maybe if you just talk to your dad. Like, Norma, you know how Jack is. You know how... Karen and Jack are. They're very similar. They're easily 
aggravated. You know, they just... But even though they, Karen and Jack kind of fight, they argue and everything, they're kind of similar. And in a way, like, at the end of the uh, Daddy's Little Girl episode, where, you know, she's going to be leaving to go to college and... You know, they're at odds because she's, you know, 18 now. And at the end of the episode when, you know, he gives her his uh, pack from the core and they, uh, she has the dog tags in her hand and she gives them to Jack. It's like the look and love that passes between them. It's almost like it's mended. They've mended ways. And I think they will eventually mend ways. It's just, it's going to take time, but Norma trying to, like, push things from either end, like, Jack and Karen are magnets that she's trying to push together, it's not, it's going to aggravate the situation, and it's going to pull them farther apart. Just, they need to fix this, but they need to do it on their terms, and when they're ready. So, Karen and Norma are actually uh, working on these little, it's like, a trough that would be for, like, a horse or something. But they have, like, flowers planted in it. It's really... I like this Karen's about the homemade stuff and just kind of do-it-yourself stuff. It's really cool. So... Norma's like, you know, he is your father and everything. And Karen just looks at Norma like, Mom, did you really drive all this way out here just to tell me this? And Norma smiles like, no, sweetie, I came out here to bring you groceries. Aww, that's so sweet of her. Okay, so she's doing this, like, every two weeks. She'll, like, buy a bunch of groceries and stuff and drag Kevin along to uh, help out. As we see Kevin and Michael kind of hauling, getting these bags of groceries. Not the plastic kind because they haven't been invented yet. Or the recyclable bags yet, because those haven't been invented yet. It's the paper bags. I don't like paper bags. When I was a bagger at Family Fair, um, when I was like 17, I didn't like, I don't now, even now, I don't like the feel of paper bags. That's why, I mean, the shipped person does my groceries, so I deal with the paper bags. But sometimes there's plastic, which is cool, because we use the plastic bags to line our waste baskets. It's really a lot more easier that way. So Karen just turns to her mother, almost kind of rolling her eyes a little. Like, Mom, we do have stores around here. But the tail end of when she says that, she's kind of got a lopsided grin, like, I love you for this, even though, yes, we do have stores around here. But it's like, she's your mom, you know? She's just trying to, you know, help you out. Be, a, be the mom, do the mom thing, you know? Heck, if somebody came up and gave me groceries, would I turn them away? Of course not. Granted, if they were a complete stranger, it'd be a little suspicious, but I'd still be welcome. The groceries would be good. So Kevin's got, like, three bags in his arms, and Michael kind of looks at him like, hey, you got all that? And Kevin's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm good. He's a teenage boy. I'm sure he can handle it. <laughs> and Michael's like, hey, do you, your mom knows there's, like, just two of us living here, right? There isn't, like, a third or fourth person. It's like, yeah, Norma's going overboard, but, you know, you'll, you'll be good. You'll be solid. 
And if you have stuff left over you're not going to use, well, you know what? You can do the awesome thing and donate it to a food pantry. I mean, they probably know other college kids around who probably could deal with, like, a can of baked beans or something like that. Or veggies or corn or something. So I want to play this clip between uh, Kevin and Michael and everything because... We haven't seen too much of Michael. Of course, we haven't seen too much of Karen since season four. But it's like, I like this, like, almost camaraderie, almost, like, between Kevin and Michael. It's like, Kevin's unsure about the whole thing between his sister and Michael, but he's still a good guy to him. He's not, like, a jerk to him or anything. So. And to be honest... Wayne hasn't even met Michael yet. He's not even seen him because he wasn't up there with Jack and Norma. Oh, Quinn's eating her food. Hey, you got that okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Mom knows there's only two of us, right? I think so. That would be Michael, Karen's boyfriend, or live-in, or significant other, whatever. So, uh, how's your dad? You know, he's about the same. Only worse. You got it. Thing is, even though I was supposed to hate the guy, I didn't. Not that that was the problem. So now we move back into the house, and we have Kieran kind of laying down the law for Norma. Like, hey, we eat, Michael and I eat together, we sleep together, we are together. And Norma's all like, honey, I know that, I know that. You're not telling me anything I don't know. I mean, it's not like Norma's trying to get Karen to change her mind and end things with Michael or move out of the house or anything. She just doesn't like seeing her husband and daughter at odds. She likes having her family, like, on good terms together. We live together, we sleep together, we are together. That was the problem. We know that, honey. No, no, no. Maybe you know that. Dad doesn't know that. Well, you just have to give him some time. He, he's stubborn and pig-headed. Isn't he, Kevin? Uh, now don't talk about your father like that. But so, uh, who do you think's gonna be in the Super Bowl this year? Guess life here was about the same as at our house. Never mind. tries to play off the whole, hey, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl this year? Because this is in November. Um, of course, that didn't work at the Arnold House, and it clearly is not going to work there. 
They may as well have been asking, hey, you think it's going to rain later today or something like that? For all the effort that that did. But Michael does kind of try to side a little with Norma. Like, you know, he is your dad. Why don't you sit and talk with him? After all, I mean, he is paying for these groceries that we're putting away. But, I mean, Karen, of course, is like, well, yeah, I'll talk to him, but not without Michael. And, of course, Norma kind of gives an exasperated look to Karen, like, it's like, and Kevin's right. You know, after Michael excuses himself to grab another bag out of the car or just get out of the house, um, Kevin's like, well, we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. It's like, you want to support I mean, Norma wants to support, you know, her husband and stuff, but she also wants to, you know, understand Karen and where she's coming from in a way. Like, she gets that. You know, she's trying to side also with, she's trying to do the wifely thing for her husband, support him and stuff, because I know she does, she doesn't agree with the way that Karen's living, and Jack doesn't either, but, um... She's trying her best to, like, stay on Karen's good side, and maybe she doesn't accept it 100%, but maybe she's at, like, 50%. But, um, really, what else can you possibly do? I mean, Norma, you've said your piece. Now it's pretty much, it's up to Karen and Jack how this is going to be handled. You can step in all you want, but, like I said, they're going to have to be the ones to work this out. No pushing from you is going to make it work out any faster. Now we move to a convenience store, a grocery store, as Wayne and Kevin are trying to pick out a card for Dad. And Wayne, of course, picks up one that says, Happy Birthday, Dad. It's a yellow card with black bold lettering and some elderly 80-year-old man and a wife beater and boxer shorts carrying a cane in one hand a cup of coffee or something and he's got stubble on his long chin and he's got a fucking squidward limp penis nose he reminds me of that mr herbert guy from family guy only not a pedophile and this guy of course is squinting his eyes are shut so he's squinting that much it's like your dad's gonna be 43 he's not what are you doing, baby? Oh, you're playing with my jacket. That's cute. Um, yeah, he's going to be 43, not 83. My God. My husband's going to be 43 in like a couple weeks. He looks nothing like that old man on that cover, and neither does Jack. That's kind of insensitive. I would never get a card like that for my dad. I want to play this clip of the boys trying to pick out a card for Dad. It's like, I think I pick out, and I've been told, I pick out the best birthday cards, Mother's Day cards, Father's Day cards, what have you day cards. Because uh, I, 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 I take my time and I pick the card that would most symbolize what I would say in a card. You don't pick a card willy-nilly, like, I guess this one will do. Pick it with heart, because you know that moment when they read the card you give, what's going to be going through their mind? Well, this person clearly did not take the time, and clearly does not care enough. They got me a card, but they may as well have just got me something that had nothing inside of it. 
birthday, Dad. You're not getting older. That'd be impossible. Oh, come on, you don't want to get him that. Why not? Mom said we'd get him anything we want. Which for my brother meant anything under a buck. Me, I'd been working all summer. This was the first time in my life I could afford to spend more than two dollars for my father's birthday. Trouble was, I had absolutely no idea what it should be. May I help you? Uh, yeah. I'm looking for a gift for my dad. <clears throat> I know just the thing. Great. A little professional advice. Socks. Socks. They're Dacron polyester. Well, no. You see, I wanted to get him something, you know, better. Well, that shouldn't be too hard. Why don't you tell me a little bit about him? Well, he's my dad, and, uh... Let's see now. Well, he, he sort of... He's kind of like... Trouble was, how could you put a man like that into words? So, looking at this display of cards, it is so funny that, um... Even back then, they had risque cards. Because this one that Wayne pulls is just your average. Looks like someone just drew on the front of it. There's one here that looks like it's got, like, photoshopped women. Like, 50-something-year-old women. Like, in their bras and panties. Just sitting there with their boobs hanging down. And it says, Happy Birthday. And it's got, like, a red background on it. And then there's... It looks like the birthday cards are mixed with the anniversary cards. Is There's one that says, Are you having a birthday by chance? There's one that says, Happy anniversary, darling. There's only one way. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And there's a rabbit on it. So I could only imagine one that says, Did I take you to... What the fuck? Oh, it says, did I tell you I today I love you? What? These are some creepy looking cards. How many of these are actually real? Because we know the one that Wayne picks up is not real. That is a piece of crap garbage homemade card that somebody who wants to be a cartoonist decided to draw a wrinkly-ass old man in a wife beater and boxer shorts. Gross, gross, gross. But it's interesting that behind Wayne, up on this tall shelf, because this store also is, I'm guessing, an department store because they sell clothes there too. And I got to check at the dinner if Wayne is wearing this same type of suit with this tie, this kind of golden burnt orange tie and this like plaid looking suit. I gotta check for that and see because it's just funny how it's just right there. It's like, is that like, um, I'm not sure what the word is. Not an Easter egg, but just like, uh, ah, heck, I can't think of it. So he reads the inside of the card that says, you're not getting older. That would be impossible. Excuse me? That card makes zero sense. So Kevin, of course, the, vi the voice of reason, like, come on, you don't want to get him that shit card. And then Wayne is like, well, Mom said we could get him whatever we wanted. It's like, well, that would suit your personality if you got him that card, Wayne. I mean, jeez. 
How funny is it seeing the boys together now from season one when Wayne was clearly like two heads taller than Kevin? They are right around the same height now. It's just funny. It just makes them look like they're like a year younger than each other than three years. So Kevin pretty much calls me now. He's like, he's a cheapo. Anything... He can get whatever he wants to get dad, as long as it's under a buck, apparently. But Kevin, Kevin's been saving all summer for this event. He wants to get his dad something real, something good. Not some, some little kid thing like he used to get his dad. So he decides to, like, ask the lady at the counter, like, hey, my dad's having a birthday coming up. I want to get him something, but I really don't have any ideas. Is there anything you can suggest? And she's like, well, we have these socks here that are um, polyester or something. And she shows, like, um, one of those display-type foots with a sock on it and everything. Is he like, eh, no, I really don't. My dad's got plenty of socks. Um, so she's like, well, why don't you tell me about your dad? And Kevin's at a loss for words. Like, how do I describe my dad? Well, you can say, well, my dad's a hardworking man. He's got a full-time job. And he likes to work on things, like in the garage and around the house and everything like that. So he's kind of a, like, to be a handyman guy. Um, let's see, what else does he like? We know he likes fish cups, because he's got a fish cup. And, let's see, what else does he like? He likes to sit in the dark and watch television. Hmm, that's not really enough. What else do we know about Jack? Well, he, like, he gets angry. He gets really, really riled up. Especially when it comes to talking about his daughter and her living boyfriend. But that's not going to help me here. So when he goes up to the counter, he basically said, hey, I'm looking for a gift for my dad. Look, like I've just been saying. She's like, oh, I know just the thing. It's like, I think she's got to sell so many of those socks, like, for commission and stuff. Because I don't know how much she makes. But that's, of course, the go-to thing because it's, like, right there in front of her, of course. I don't know what Decron polyester is, but it's still not really anything special. It's, it's a sock. He wears them every day when he goes to work. So, try again. So, now Kevin, I guess he kind of just gives up for now and then decides to go to the source and just ask his dad what, flat out asks him, Dad, what do you want for your birthday? Uh, usually I'd ask my dad, like, oh, shit, I don't know. I, uh, I could use some more work shirts working in the field. And, oh, I could use, the, <laughs> like, stuff. I don't know. Just, and the thing is, Kevin's getting Jack when he's, like, distracted. He's working on pipes underneath a sink. He's really focused. The last thing he's thinking about is his birthday. Damn. That would be one way. Dad? What? What do you want for your birthday? Figured maybe I'd get an insight here. Screwdriver. Or maybe not. I mean, is there something you might really need, but no one ever got you? You know, something really... No! Oh. 
I needed. Whole place is coming apart in my hands. The thing is, I'd never seen the guy so down in the dumps. Someone was gonna have to do something, and fast. So I know Kevin's just trying to, like, hey, maybe Dad might have an idea about what he wants. And, of course, Jack's distracted. He's under the kitchen sink, trying to pull the pipe apart and all that stuff. Like, there's something gummed up. Gummed up the works or something. And, of course, Jack is really no, no help. There's no, like, no, I don't want anything, basically. And... When he slides back out from under the kitchen sink, he's got the pipe in his hand, and he's got a screwdriver. He's trying to basically, like, dig out whatever's in it that's keeping it from plugging up the sink. And Kevin just kind of remarks on, you know, his dad just looks so down in the dumps and depressed while he's just picking away at whatever's in that bit of pipe that's in his hand. And he's like... Thinking of us like somebody's got to do something. This is not good. Just dad just being so depressed like this, especially so close to his birthday. And that's when Norma comes in and kind of sort of saves the day. Kind of sort of, I'd say, because she comes up with a good idea, but it slowly starts to uh, slide backwards when she mentions Karen's name a little bit, a little bit. So, basically, Norma comes in and says, hey, I've been thinking about your party. And Jack just looks at her like, I don't want a party. I didn't ask for a party. So, Norma quickly switches tactic here. And she's like, okay, it won't be a party. It'll be more like a, a family gathering. And we'll get together. And then she says, you know, I um, spoke to Karen. And, you know, she says she would, she would love to come. And Jack just kind of side-eyes her for a minute, like, kind of contemplating, like, oh, oh yeah, she, she said that? And Norma's like, yeah. And that, I think it's just, Jack said, I, I know he doesn't want this rift between him and his daughter. He loves his daughter, and just, you know, that's his baby, that's his firstborn child, so... This is just really, really painful for him, but th that is, like, a glimmer of hope, and Kevin kind of remarks on the little, like, half-smile that Jack, like, Jack has not smiled in, like, the last six months since this whole thing went down, so. You know, at first, right before she mentions Karen's name, she brings up, you know, calls it family get-together. He does kind of side-eye her, like, with annoyance. Like, he knows when she says family, it means all of them, Karen included. And, of course, Karen with Michael. So, but when she mentions, I spoke to Karen on the phone, she said she would love to come. And he's like, oh, she said that. Like, hopeful, like, okay, like, she's trying to mend the broken bridge from her end. So yeah, Karen would love to come. And then Norma says Karen and Michael spoke and said they would drive down. The, the M word, you're mentioning the M word around Jack, and that's, of course, a case-closed sore subject. You don't bring up that boy's name in this house uh, around Jack. He will jump on you. So yeah, Jack immediately, as soon as he hears Michael's name, he shuts down the whole dinner idea like no mm -mm, no because i think what norma's planning is just to have a little family get together like at the house or something with just you know cake and a dinner and stuff so jack kind of pushes past norma into the living room and he's like no ever over my dead body i do not want that boy in my house 
I didn't. And Norma goes on the defense, and she flat out, like, it's like, how can you treat our daughter like, this is our daughter, Jack. She does not deserve to be treated that way. And Jack just kind of whirls around on her, like, oh, the way I'm treating her? Living in, her living in sin with that boy? So Norma is just pleading, like, she wants to come to your birthday, Jack. And Jack just puts his foot down, like, no, not with that guy and not in my house. And then stroke a genius Wayne pipes up, you know, then don't have it here at the house. Go out to dinner. And <laughs> Kevin's amazed, like, oh, my gosh, in all the years of Wayne's dumb, dumb adolescence, he comes up with a bright idea. And they actually kind of consider it, like, okay. And then Jack's like, who gets to pick the restaurant? And Kevin and Norma are like, oh, well, you. It's like, yeah, the birthday guy gets birthday person picks where to eat. That is how it goes. Like on Mother's Day and Jeremy's mom's birthday, she picks where she wants to eat and we take her there. So I'm going to play this clip. Jack? mother did. I've been thinking about your party. I don't want a party. Oh, fine then. It won't be a party. It'll be more like a family get-together. But if mom thought she was going to lead this horse to water, she'd pick the wrong horse. Forget it, Norma. Yeah, come on, mom. He doesn't. I know that Karen would love to come. She would? I talked to her this morning. And she said that, that she'd like to come? Mm-hmm. It was the first glimmer of a smile I'd seen on the guy in weeks. She and Michael spoke, and they thought they'd drive down here on Saturday, and... What? Over my dead body. But, honey, they... No! I don't want to talk about it. Listen to me, Jack. She's our daughter. How can you treat her like this? What about her? She's the one who moved in with that... Hmm, that... Cad? Cradle robber? She wants to come to your birthday, Jack. Not with that guy. Not in my house. And there it was. Dad's final proclamation. End of discussion. There was nothing left to say except... Don't want to go someplace else. It may have been the most inspired moment of Wayne's long and abysmal adolescence. Well, yeah. You know, like a, a restaurant. A restaurant. And suddenly, Dad had been caught dead to rights. What do you think, honey? In one fell swoop, the great wall of protocol had been smashed. What else could the old man say other than... Who gets to pick the restaurant? You do. Huh. Next scene, the Arnolds pull up in front of this really nice restaurant. Definitely. I mean, complete with valet and everything. So this is called the Briarcliff Lodge restaurant. Like, oh, okay. So Kevin decided the perfect gift. It's a surprise gift. He's going to pay... For the whole dinner, for the whole family. He's just going to blow his entire summer savings. Like, 
Oh, I hope you got enough there to cover, buddy. <laughs> so Jack's happy and everything. The family's getting ready to head to the restaurant when a motorcycle comes around and, well, Michael and Karen show up. Notice how they're both wearing helmets. Because in the house that Jack built, I don't think Kevin was wearing a helmet and Michael was not wearing a helmet. So maybe they instituted finally in those six months the helmet bicycle law. So Karen's kind of got her hair like up in a bun up on the top of her head. It's like, it's okay looking. Like, eh. But then again... You're on a motorcycle. you got to stuff all your hair into that helmet. And, of course, Jack's got to make a comment to Norma, like, what, they couldn't come in a car? So, of course, you know, it's a motorcycle. Jack's like, eh, I don't really like my daughter riding around on the back of a motorcycle. And Norma kind of tells Jack, whispers to him, like, uh, they don't have a car, hon. So, Karen's like, oh, hi, Dad. And Jack's like, mmm. And, of course... Michael, you know, ever the nice, polite guy is just like, hey, Mr. hello, Mr. Arnold. And he holds his hand out for Jack to shake. Jack just kind of keeps his hands folded against him like, I'm not. But Norma, of course, kind of breaks it. Well, she uh, offers her hand instead. Like, well, see, Mar Norma is doing her, she's making amends. She's already thinks Michael is an amazing guy. And which Jack probably would too if Michael wasn't living with Karen. Like, if they were dating and not living together, he would not have a problem with it. So, Wayne, ever the big mouth, is like, extends his hand out to Michael. is like, hey, you're the guy sleeping with my sister, huh? Like, what? Wayne! And of course, Jack's eyes are bugging out at this. Like, Wayne, oh my gosh, you and your mouth. I mean, of course, in the back of his mind, Jack knows that, of course, Karen is sleeping with Michael. He just doesn't want to hear about it. And Wayne's just laughing his head off as Jack and Norma turn and just glare daggers at Wayne. Like, son, you need to, like, shut your fucking mouth. Because, like, this situation is already hella awkward. So, Kevin and Norma kind of go up to the guy who's handling the reservations and Norman's like Arnold party of six and the guy's looking at his sheet and he's like oh would it be under another name are you kidding me guy this is already just and you're making it a thousand times worse I mean, if this were 2018, he would have had a tablet and would be going into the reservations. He wouldn't be looking at a paper. How is this thing even done? I mean, they're there right around the time of the reservation. Is it reservation by time? Just look at the time and see their name scribbled in there. It's gotta be there. I would punch the guy in the damn dick! He's like, oh, well, I don't see anything here. And as you can see, we're quite busy as he calls, like, hey, waves over some doctor. Like, you piece of shit. Oh, my God. If that Yelp review thing was out, oh, I would so give him a terrible, terrible, that restaurant, or terrible review. The service, terrible. So this guy is clearly playing Norma, is what Kevin says. Like, uh, it's taking her for all she's worth. And, of course... Jack is getting antsy. He's uncomfortable being there with Karen, between Karen and Michael. And he's calling over to Norma, like, is there a problem, Norma? Like, we can just end this and go home if that's what it takes. 
So Norma assures him, no, honey, everything's fine. So Kevin decides to, like, give the host guy, or who, what are they called? The host? The one that's up at the little platform there? The little platform stand? I'm not sure. It might be the host. Um, <clears throat> decides to, like, give him, like, a 20 or something to get us a fucking table! I mean, honestly, if she had called and made reservations, there should be no fucking problem. And if I were her, and this were 2018, you better bet I'm gonna be busting that guy's ass. Like, excuse me, sir! I already made this goddamn reservation. I fucking called ahead just to make sure, and now you're telling me my name is not on the list? Really? Bullshit. I want to play this clip as Kevin, like, gives the guy some money. Like, can you just get us a table, please? This is my dad's birthday. He's already, like, ready to explode in anger. So, unless you want to see the brunt of that anger, you best be getting us a table, guy. Okay. Seemed pretty clear this bozo was playing mom for all she was worth. And the birthday boy was getting antsy. <clears throat> Their problem, Norma? Uh, no, honey, everything's fine. Okay, then. Since I was going to be paying for this fiasco. Listen. Mac? Today's my father's birthday, so this dinner is uh, kind of important. So maybe you can get us a table. I'll see what I can do. Like they say, money talks, nobody walks. So Kevin slips the guy a $1 bill. I mean, no way in hell he's going to slip him a 20 That's or a 10 That's a Jerry Seinfeld thing. Remember that Chinese restaurant episode where he, um... Was it him or Elaine that, like, slipped him, like, 10 bucks or 20 bucks or something to get them a table? So Norma, of course, is like, oh, this is lovely, as she sees this table that's got these high-backed, like, comfy chairs that you'd probably find in your living room. She's like, oh, this is lovely. But the host was like, oh, no, 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 this isn't your table. This over here is your table with these low-back, wooden, hard-as-a-rock-on-your-ass chairs. It's all right, but it's not uh, the greatest. But hey, at least they got a space. I still would have bitched out that fucking host. Granted, we probably would have been forced to leave, but I would have wanted an explanation. So the family kind of mumbles like, oh, this is uh, nice, I guess. And they're all kind of looking at the seats like, okay, where do we sit? So Norma's like, oh, um, how about boy, girl, boy, girl? So, I think it's in a way as she wants to get Karen next to Jack. Okay. So, we kind of rotate around the table. So, we got Jack. We got Karen next to Jack, which is what Norma wants. We got Wayne next to Karen. Then we got Norma. And then Kevin. And then Michael. And Michael is on Jack's other side. So, he's got Karen, uh, his daughter on one side and... Her living boyfriend on the other. Uh, <laughs> and Jack just kind of side-eyes Michael. Like, uh, I see you there. The fact that you're sitting there. Uh. 
I'm surprised he doesn't, like, have Wayne get up and change seats with him or Kevin or something to put Michael as far away from him as possible. And poor Michael is just, like, shaking in his boots there. Michael actually has got a clean-shaven face. He doesn't have the scruff. And gotta love Michael as he tries to break the tension with kind of a lame joke, like, uh, guess we ran out of girls, huh? <laughs> and Jack's like, oh, brother. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> so we have a hostess come over, just ask how everyone's doing. Like, hey, what can I start you off with a drink? Wayne, of course, is like, can I have a Scotch Rocks with a twist? Or double is it double Scotch Rocks with a twist? And Jack just gives him the look like, um, you want to change that order, son? You are not drinking alcohol at this table. Even the hostess looks at Wayne like, I am not serving you alcohol, young man. <laughs> Try again. So Wayne, of course, points at Jack like, oh, I mean, uh, for him. <laughs> nice save there, guy. So Norma just tells the hostess like, hey, can we just see the menus, please? I love how Wayne says Natch after he points at his dad like, oh, I'm getting a scotch for my dad. Like, Natch. Natural. So, of course, being a hostess, you probably have to tell what the special is, which is a 16-ounce prime rib. Yeah, that's got to be, like, 20-something dollars just for the prime rib itself. Ah, the prime rib. Okay, well, that uh, attracted GX fancy. Like, yeah, I like that sound. Yum. Let's see. Is Kevin going to tell us what the price of that prime rib is? It's probably what he thinks, like, he was going to be paying for everyone there. Kevin, you really should have thought this through. How much do you have saved in your wallet? Well, that didn't take long for um, vegetarian Karen to say dead cow. Okay, um, this situation is stressful enough without you starting with the jabs, Karen, okay? You can make an effort if you leave out the whole dad's getting prime rib. You mean dead cow. Like, come on now. Everything was kind of solid for a bit. Now you're starting with this stuff. And I hope that Michael kind of hopefully corrects her. Like, Karen, come on. Not, no, not here. And he does. Michael's like, Karen. And Karen's all like, well, that's what it is. It's like, Karen, you're acting like an impudent child. A little, a child. Stop. You're not a little kid anymore. Or you're not a 16-year-old girl living on, in your dad under your daddy's roof. You can't act like that. You're trying to prove that you're an adult by living on your own with your adult responsibilities and your boyfriend. But now you're acting like a child. I want to play this clip. Oh my gosh, Karen. <laughs> Our special tonight is a 16-ounce prime rib. Prime rib, huh? All right. This was the ticket. Mellow the guy out with a good old-fashioned hunk of... Dead cow. Oh, Karen. Well, that's what prime rib is, isn't it? Cow flesh? How many innocent beasts had to be slaughtered so we could have this meal? I don't know, honey. I just work here. I'll be back to take your orders. Who chose this place, anyway? Dad did. Which left us about, oh, five seconds from meltdown. So, uh, Mr. Arnold, how are things at... Nordplant. Nordcorp. 
how are things there? Works, work. And back to me. Well, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, me too. So, I gotta say, I really like Michael. He is really, really trying here. Um, he goes for something simple, asking how Jack's job is, calling it nor, he's like, nor plant, nor corp, nor, and Karen, of course, is mouthing like, he's like, oh, nor com, after like four other attempts, and Jack just looks at him and says his classic line, works work. Well, um, <clears throat> goes back to Kevin, and Kevin kind of saves the, the day for him and for Michael, and it's like, you know, I gotta go to the bathroom. So, Michael also excuses himself to go to the bathroom. Norcom! I knew it was Norcom. What is the matter with me? It wasn't so bad. Now he's kind of mentally beating himself up in the bathroom. Like, dang it, it was Norcom. I knew this. I knew this. Why is this so hard? You know, it, it, it just... And Kevin sees that Michael is just tearing himself up inside. He wants Jack to like him. Given the fact that even though, you know, he's sleeping with Jack's daughter. And he, like, says that... Kevin says, you know, he's not normally like this. He's usually, you know pretty chill and stuff it's just that you're you're new well and michael's like well no it's more like i'm just i'm sleeping with his daughter so that's why so he's like what is your dad into like what help me out here what can i talk like a common ground what can i talk about so kevin's kind of searching the back of his mind like <laughs> comes up with golf like, all right golf and jack is like um golf okay so, is Jack eating, like, a french fry that's, like, really crunchy or something? Cause the way, or is that a carrot stick? I can't see this restaurant serving french fries. I really can't. Is this, does this place also have a buffet? Because Michael's got a plate that's, like, loaded down with food. Oh, it's a salad thing. Okay. Oh, yeah, I see the sticks. The, the carrot sticks, the celery sticks, and the other stuff. You know, when I was young at buffets, I used to, like, fill up on sunflower seeds. And there's this place that my dad used to take me on Sunday nights before he'd take me back to my aunt's house when I was staying there during the week. He'd take me to the Sweden house. And, of course, he'd make me lie about my age. Like, when I was eight, he's like, oh, no, no. Say that you're seven. Or, no, he said, say that you're six. I'm like, oh, I'm six. Because I'd, like, fill up on... Sunflower seeds, and then, of course, I get, like, a sundae with, like, strawberry syrup on it. 
So, I want to play this uh, clip of Jack pretty much saying, like, his golf game's for utter shit, basically. Golf? Sure, Dad loved golf. Uh-huh. My short game's crap, my putting's gone to pot, and last weekend I lost 12 bucks on a three-man Nassau. I hate golf. Excuse me. And so, from the far-flung corners of the salad bar, we came together once again. Basking in the warm glow of familial companionship. Chatting up a storm. I have an idea. Why don't we all give your father his gifts? Ah, uh, Norma, I don't... Don't be silly, Jack. It's your birthday. You have to have presents. Well, it was worth a try anyway. Sorry I didn't have time to wrap it, but uh, it's really cool, huh? Thanks. Fortunately, as it turned out, the evening didn't hinge on Wayne's taste in haberdashery. Go on. Open it. Here. No, you're not out of here. 
We're out of here. Where's the check? It was horrible. Wait a minute, Dad. I was going to pay... Jack, please. Do you need this? So that conversation about golf pretty much fizzled. It's like Jack basically ends it with, I hate golf. And then he goes off to the table with his salad. And Wayne, of course, is making a mountain of lettuce on his plate. And Kevin's like, idiot, it's all you can eat, not all you can carry. Because I guess they're still waiting for their food. So, so everyone's just kind of sitting there awkwardly, and Norma's like, you know what, I have an idea. Why don't we, uh, why don't you open your presents? And Jack's like, uh, Norma, no. So Wayne, of course, gets Jack this rainbow bright looking tie. It's got red stars and bright yellow. He's not going to be able to, when is he going to wear that tie? Never. He can't wear it to work. That just looks hideous as hell. What did that cost? Like, a dollar? It was shit. It seriously looks like a rainbow bright tie. <laughs> and Jack's just looking at it like, oh, thanks, son. And Wayne's like, yeah, sorry, I didn't have a chance to wrap it, so. So Norma's gift is next, and she gets him the coolest gift, which um, she got some old photographs from Jack's dad that um, his mother, I guess, had had in the attic. And she kind of puts it all in a scrapbook. It's really cool. Even his birth certificate. And Jack kind of comments on, oh, look at these little tiny footprints. They're smaller than my thumb. So that's his birthday, November 6th, 1927. So Jack just is over the moon about that gift. He's like, oh my gosh, where did you get this? So yeah, like I said, Norma called his dad. His dad said, hey, I got pictures that his mom kept in the attic. I'll give them to you. A whole shoebox full of them. Jack's actually got a smile on his face, and he kind of tilts the scrapbook and kind of shows Karen, like, oh, see this? It's like, I like they're able to bond over this. It's so sweet. So Norma points out a couple other pictures, uh, Jack's college graduation, and then him leaving for Korea. So he did go to college first and then went to Korea. And then we get to see a cute picture of them together, and Norma is very, very pregnant with Karen a week before Karen arrived. So this is really sweet as Norma reminds Jack, like, hey, do you remember what you told me when um, I called you from the hospital? And Jack's like, yeah, I remember. I said, I'm sure it's going to be a girl. Because they didn't have ultrasounds back then in 19... 19- something or other to tell whether you're having a boy or a girl. It was pretty much a guessing game. Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't say, I'm sure it's a girl. He said, I hope it's a girl. And both Jack and Norma look at Karen and smile. This is so sweet. I started to get a little choked up at that. So Jack kind of comments on, there's a picture of the whole family from way back when. Like, oh, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? And the family's just looking and smiling and bonding over this. Like, yeah. And then Karen gives her gift to Jack, which is a ratchet set. And he is, he loves it. He's like, oh, I could really use this. Thank you. And then, of course, 
Karen reaches across to take Michael's hand as she says, it was Michael's idea. And then Jack kind of closes it like, okay, that just took the wind out of my sails. Thank you. And of course, right away, um, Karen in typical fashion takes offense to this. Like, oh, don't get all choked up about dad. And he's like, I said, thank you. And of course, Karen's already irritated. It's like, oh, clearly he, he, she wanted a little bit more of a, response and like oh thank you it's like he was excited at first and then you mentioned oh michael helped pick it out and that pretty much just uh deflated any happiness like anything tied to michael he is immediately going to get irritated by or take offense to and michael of course is like hey karen come on it's your dad's birthday for crying out loud like, ease up on him. And Jack is like, you know what? I can speak for myself to Michael. And Michael's like, hey, I was just trying to, like, he's like, I don't need your help. And Karen finally throws down her napkin, like, you know what? I don't even know why the hell I decided to come. This is a bunch of crap. So she turns to Michael, like, Michael, let's get out of here. And then Jack gets up, like, no, you're not leaving. We're leaving. Let's go. And he throws down some money, I guess, for a tip. Because he's like, where's the damn check? And Kevin, of course, is like, well, no, wait, Dad, this is my birthday gift to you. I was going to pay. And Jack doesn't want to hear it. He's already on his way out of the damn restaurant. So Norma's attempt to try to reconcile Karen and Jack's relationship pretty much kind of... Didn't, didn't land, didn't land at all. It was for a minute, for a minute there was a connection, but of course, yeah. So I want to play that clip. So now it's nighttime as we move back to the house. And we actually get a shot of Jack and Norma's bedroom. We don't really see this very often as, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Norma's got her robe on and she's kind of fluffing up the pillows on the bed and everything. She's probably taking her anger and frustration out on those pillows. So I guess it kind of shows the family all doing different things. Um, Wayne is, like, sleeping somewhere. I'd say in the den area because he's got the TV on. As, and then I don't know what he's watching. Like, women's something or other because there's a big fight. Um, they still, what is with the black and white television? I thought they moved on to color, unless they have the color TV downstairs. I don't know, because they got two TVs now. And Kevin's looking through the scrapbook that Jack got, kind of reminiscing on happier times when the family actually, you know, Jack and Karen actually got along. And Kevin's just kind of looking over his dad's life, the things that he's done in old times and everything. And I want to play this clip. That night I sat and looked at old photos of my dad, the things he'd done, his life and times. Maybe I was searching for some way to make things better, but somehow I knew it wasn't up to me to set this right.
I can't stay. I know. Not for long, anyway. I know. Wait, where to begin? I couldn't hear exactly what they said, but watching them, I finally knew what my father needed for his birthday. Not a funny tie. No. Or a $47 meal. Or even a ratchet set. What he needed was... Was to know, deep down, that she remembered what he remembered. And to feel, even for that briefest moment, like king for a day. I just teared up at that. <laughs> so while Kevin's looking at the scrapbook, we see Jack kind of sitting by himself alone in the dark kitchen, kind of sipping coffee or what, or maybe an alcoholic drink. And Kevin kind of from the couch kind of hears um, like a car or motorcycle or something approach. And Jack goes to open the door and it's, it's Karen, and she's... I'm sorry, I'm getting so choked up about this, because I'm just so happy that things look like they're going to be on the mend for them. And uh, she just, she apologizes, and she's like, I'd like to talk with you. Unfortunately, I can't stay. And he's like, I, I know, I know. And um, she hugs him. He says happy birthday and while Kev Kevin's watching all of this and he's thinking that's what my dad needed. He didn't need a crappy tie. He didn't need a $47 dinner. He needed Karen and to mend that rift. And it's just really I'm so happy that they're able to mend things. Mm. I know I probably shouldn't be getting so choked up about it, but... Um, it just kind of um, it reminds me of my dad and my older sister's um, relationship together. It's just a lot of the fallouts that they've had and the fights that they've had, it just... I see so much of them and, and Jack and, and Karen and it just just really reminds me of that and I'm happy that these two fictional characters are able to make amends. So, hmm. So that being said, um, <clears throat> Karen leaves. It looks like, you know, Jack and Karen are now finally on good terms and... We get a flashback again to that same home movie of Jack being king for a day on his birthday, wearing the crown, and just Karen, little seven-year-old Karen, hugging her dad and everything. And that's where the episode ends. So, if I had to give this a rating, um, the Flower Power rating, I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna give it a, a, a three out of five. For the three things I liked about it, um, I liked, um, hold on, 
I liked um, Kevin kind of being there for Michael and just Michael really, really trying his hardest to try to fit in with Jack and everything. And I also like... I definitely love the ending. I love the ending. And, um... What I didn't like... I didn't like... Karen with the whole thing about the prime rib and the dead cow and all that stuff. It's like... Eh. And, of course... You know, but that's just Karen's way. That's just how she is. And... I don't know. The other thing I did not like... The, um... The host... Um, when they come into the restaurant, the guy was just a piece of shit. He was an asshole. He wasn't going to try to work with them. I mean, yes, he did get them a table, so I guess, but still, he didn't have to be a jerk about it. I mean, just because Kevin isn't a doctor or a lawyer or something doesn't mean that his business isn't welcomed. I mean, come on. You welcome everybody. I don't care what their profession is, whether one's a doctor or one's a a teacher or a high school student who's just trying to make good and give his dad a great birthday gift and everything. You don't treat people like that for a restaurant. Fancy or not, you don't do that. That is not how you conduct a business. As far as Wonderling Words of Wisdom for this episode, um, I'm just going to say families have problems and just, I know... You know, I'm the one I don't like when people argue. It really stresses me out. My um, family, there's a lot of fighting and arguing and everything. And just, I always tried to be the one to try to salvage things, to say a funny joke or something to break the tension. And just sometimes... I know that Kevin and, and especially Norma had good intentions. They really, really did. But sometimes you got to let the people work it out for themselves. And they will. One way or another, if it takes a long time, let them handle it. Because it's between them. You get involved, you're going to end up feeling like you're choosing sides. Even if you're not. And that's just going to make the barrier that much larger. So, next week, guys, we get to see the Pfeifers again. We have not seen the Pfeifers since Season 5, Episode 1, The Lake. So, it's nice to see. We'll see them again. So, the next episode for next week for the Wonder Years is Season 5, Episode 10, Pfeiffer's Choice or Pfeiffer's Fortune. It can be called either one. This episode aired on December 18th, 1991. Elvin Pfeiffer, Paul's dad, his investment in some oceanfront property pays off, but while the both the Arnold while both the Arnolds and the Pfeiffers seem happy over the new developments, Jack Arnold seems a bit put off by Elvin's new spending habits. Hence, the riding lawnmower when all you have is just a front yard is kind of pretty extravagant. Like, there will be no reason for Jeremy and I to invest in a, in a riding lawnmower because we have a fenced-in backyard. First of all, how are you going to get that riding lawnmower through there? I don't know. And there's just not enough because we share our front yard kind of mends with the house next to us. So, yeah, it's just it would be pointless. I mean, I grew up on a one-acre 
lot of grass. So yes, it was important, you know, for us to have a riding lawnmower. So I got to do have my fair share of that. So I want to read this from the booklet. This is Mark P. Barry, the episode writer. Says, let me clear something up. Everywhere on Wikipedia or wherever they list the names of the episodes, they list this episode as Pfeiffer's Choice, which I said. That is not the name of the episode. The name of the episode is Pfeiffer's Fortune with a P. And Fortune is spelled P-Fortune. It was the episode where Jack has a chance to go in on an investment. Same investment that Paul's father does. And Paul's father ends up making a bunch of money. But, of course, it all falls apart at the end. I don't know how it became Pfeiffer's choice. So this is also the description from the booklet. Jealousy looms as the Pfeiffer's land on Easy Street after making a killing on a land deal that Jack turned down. Featured song, the 59th Street Bridge song, Feeling Groovy by Harper's Bazaar. All right, I want to say a warm welcome to some new and regular Wonderling listeners for the week we have bangkok thailand at the top with 30 plays awesome hudson wisconsin tampa florida dauphin pennsylvania muskegon michigan north reading massachusetts troy ohio st peterburg st petersburg florida hobart australia bakersfield california mountain view california centerville maryland charlotte north carolina Central District, Hong Kong, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Queenstown, Maryland, Media, Pennsylvania, Lumberton, New Jersey, Dearborn, Michigan, Santa Clara, California, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, Drummoyne, D-R-U-M-M-O-Y-N-E, so Drummoyne, I guess, Australia, Sioux Center, Iowa, Belgium, Ashburn, Virginia, Crawfordsville, Indiana, Townsville, Australia, Bogota, Colombia, Brisbane, Australia, India, or excuse me, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Wales, Wisconsin, Melbourne, Australia, Fredericton, Canada, Denver, Colorado, Sykeston, hmm, M-O, that's a state in the U.S., Yes, I'm, oh, Los Angeles, California. I'm sorry. Um, I can't. I'm, I feel bad. Shelbyville, Tennessee. Jedediah, Saudi Arabia. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Washington, D.C. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hillsborough, Oregon. What is M.O.? I is a state in the U.S., but I can't think of it. But anyway. All right, everyone, I will be back this weekend with the movie No One Can Tell. I will be finishing that up this weekend to get that out for the 100th episode. So, yeah, everyone, just enjoy the weather. I hope it's good wherever you live. Have a great weekend. All right. If you guys haven't already, I would love if you could go to iTunes and leave a review, rating, subscribe to the episode if you want to so you don't miss an episode. Um... Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, LBOM Wonder Years Podcast, and the Facebook, I'll be uh, looking back at my Wonder Years of Wonder Years Podcast Facebook page. 
Those are the ways that you can connect. If you guys want to reach out to me personally, you can go to lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. That being said, like I said, have a great weekend, and I'll be back again with a new episode. Bye-bye.